when you meet me in person, you'll very quickly figure out two things. One, I'm an extreme extrovert. Seriously, a stranger is just like a friend I haven't met yet. There are very few people I don't like, and there's probably a lot more that don't like me. And two, I'll ask you a zillion questions about your job, what you do, what's hard about it, and why you take pride in it. I'm a recruiter to the core. Hi, I'm David Mills, the rebellious recruiter. Total honesty here. COVID-19 has got me twisted in every sense of the word. I had a different podcast planned for this episode, but that changed when I sat down to write this week. A locked up extroverted recruiter? We get philosophical. And today it's philosophical, using my favorite brand of mixed metaphors. So pull up a seat. Let's chat. If you've listened to my previous podcasts, you know I have a child. Last year for Christmas was likely the last year we were going to get away with the magic of Santa. Last Christmas was the first time she was iron-lipped about what she wanted from Santa. The school she goes to has a really cool integrative learning program centered around agriculture. And last year, they were studying the medieval period. This came complete with building a castle, ping-pong ball trebuchets, the attempt to destroy the said castles with the trebuchets, sword fights while in costume, and archery. My kid wanted to go as an archer defending the castle. So we cannibalized her Viking costume from the year before and made her a hooded cape. She was ready. I noticed how excited she was to pick up a Genesis bow. A month later, I was at the local archery shop buying a 20-pound starter recurve and arrows. Christmas morning came and she was over the moon excited that Santa brought her what she asked for. I felt relief that I had effectively pulled it off. Over time, she confided to me that she thought using sights to help aim is cheating and absolutely did not want to upgrade to a compound type bow. And then she started showing interest in a longbow. So enter formal instruction. I have a friend who's excellent with the longbow and he's been teaching her all the basics. But some of the basics are different than what she or what I was originally taught. I recently brought out my recurve and joined her for some shooting. And here's what I learned, and we'll start applying it to a recruiting analogy. First, using a traditional bow means you have to develop your instinct, and you have to release quickly. I was instructed to cant my bow 10 to 15 degrees over and basically use the shaft as the lineup for shooting, which forced my body into a different position. I was hitting the target 20 yards away pretty successfully in a row, but then I was told to lift, aim, and shoot in one fell swoop. You see, I was holding the bow, and I was aiming for so long that I was starting to shake. How can you be accurate if you're shaking, right? In fact, that very shaking caused me to release the arrow wrong and the bowstring snapped, hit my forearm, and the next day, I was sporting a perfect two-inch diameter purple bruise. Reminding me, it took too long. Sure enough, the very next move, I popped the arrow on, took a deep breath, lifted the bow, exhaled as soon as it lined up with my eye, and my finger touched the edge of my mouth to anchor and release. That was in less than a second. Bullseye. So how does this relate? All the pieces were there. I just needed to put it together, trust the process worked, and not take a lot of time thinking about it and not being afraid of bruising myself again. 
I hear a lot of people over the years talk about successful pickup lines. Most start with, hi. In the world of recruiting, we demand that in order to even begin the conversation from the employer's perspective, we basically ask the person for the balance in their checking account. Any Google search right now talks about pickup lines over various dating apps. And you know what? Very few of them are invasive. They're playful, they're back and forth, and it's a conversation. We're expecting candidates to date us. And when we only posted a blurry picture, we defend our need to know their innermost secrets, and then we hide who our company is from them and basically expect them to love us, even though we're holding back. So why in recruiting are we demanding that people dump their life story on the company so we can judge their ability to break through difficult circumstances and their ideal vacation spots just to determine if they can do the job? Then we sit on their answers for days and weeks and finally make a decision and we get upset that they've moved on and we do this all in the name of culture. We're shaking as we hold the arrow and aim position, just trying to get it right instead of releasing when it's close enough. Because when it's close enough, they know you're human. You're not protecting yourself and only then can you start the dialogue. And we're afraid to let go because we might get bruised. We're living in a swipe right culture and it's found its way into recruiting. Nothing wrong with swipe right, but to get that swipe, you have to show who you really are to the person on the other end. No filtered photos, no Facetune, no blurry pics, no bad crops of your photos. Trust that the person on the other end knows what they don't want as well as what they do want and start the conversation. Don't get swayed by a technological ideology that states using programs that you're going to get a higher return of interested candidates. You know what drives interest? Being you. Showing your culture. Being unapologetic about what your company is about and what you're passionate about and what you need to help expand your culture. You see, you can't keep your culture the same. If you're a parent, you know that each life you add to your family changes the dynamic and enriches it but it certainly isn't the same. It's the same with company culture. You can keep what's important, important and centered, but as you grow, it will take on a different tone. You'll learn to communicate differently with multiple types of success. You'll learn that you need to hire people who are opposite of you and people who don't want to have a beer with you. And that's okay. So look at your process. What does your website say about you? What does it say that's uniquely you? Not the take your dog to work type of stuff, but how do you positively cause growth to your customers or positive changes to them? How do your people collaborate? It's not about happy hour Wednesdays or free snacks. I guarantee when your employees are referring their friends for a job, they're not talking about the recent charity march your company participated in, and they're not talking about the oatmeal bar, but they are talking about how you manage the pitfalls and the weaknesses of who they report to, what needs to be better, the pay, the schedule, how you handled the emergency with their dad when they had to fly out of town. They are talking about why they stay, not why they took the job. Those are two radically different ideas. Do you know why your people stay? Find out. Start approaching your ads and your interviews with what the job will look like in six months. Why did that person stay? Why will that person stay? And what are you going to do to make it happen? 
You know that whole, what is your five-year plan question everybody is so fond of? Well, try asking it this way. What do we need to do as a company to keep you here for five years? Put yourself on the hot seat for retaining the talent. Make yourself accountable to their success. You know why? Because they're the lifeblood to your customers. I'm not saying let them walk all over you, but do establish a two-way communication of give and take. Don't get caught up in aiming for a long time because you're going to shake. You'll actually start to break the integrity of the process by overthinking, and you're going to lose good candidates. And losing good candidates, that's basically bruising yourself in the process. My challenge for you is to come at this opening, this new position you have, as your future self. Have a conversation as your future self. A real conversation. Don't expect them to lay their emotions on the table waiting for you to come through. Inhale. Pick up, anchor, exhale, release. One fell swoop. Thanks for listening to The Rebellious Recruiter. A quick reminder, I'll be bringing you new information every Monday and an occasional interview later on in the week with another thought leader. Be sure to subscribe wherever you are listening to this and comment, rate, and review. And share this podcast with other leaders that are looking to build out-of-this-world teams and maybe have a penchant for defying best practices. Go ahead and check me out at millsgroupllc.com and drop me a line there with your thoughts or questions. I might use your subject matter in upcoming shows. And thank you for listening. I know you only have so many hours in the week and I'm grateful to spend this time with you. Until then, make it a great day. I'll see you on the flip side. This podcast is produced by TH3 Entertainment.